welcome to the Giving Voice to Depression podcast, produced in partnership with the A.B. Corcor Foundation for Mental Health. I'm Terry, the creator and co-host of this podcast. I've lived with depression most of my life, and I know how easy it can be to feel all alone in the experience. I'm not alone, and you aren't either. And I'm Dr. Anita Sands, a licensed clinical psychologist and life coach with a number of my own diagnoses, all of which bring a certain amount of anxiety and depression along with them. There is great power in shared experiences. We share our own as we engage in intimate and candid conversations with our weekly guests, exploring different perspectives on and experiences with depression. We keep it real because depression is real. We keep it hopeful because there truly is hope in spite of what depression tells you. Hello, Anita. Hi, Terry. We've all lost things to depression. Might have been a job or another opportunity, a relationship, the future that we had imagined for ourselves or something smaller but still significant to us. We asked our Facebook community to answer the question, what has your depression stopped you from doing? Here are some of the answers. Social connections, since it's easier to say no to an opportunity than worry that you might not be able to follow through. I stopped feeling comfortable answering the phone because in Sarah's words, I'm not sure if I can pull off the I'm okay voice. Bonnie shared that when she's well, she loves life and visiting people. But when in depression, she doesn't want to see anyone or go anywhere. Hmm. Lori replied that her depression takes away her self-confidence. She says she's afraid to voice her opinions because she feels like they're not worth listening to anyway. And she doesn't seize opportunities like a new job, even a small one, for fear she wouldn't be able to handle it. April said that her depression robs her of energy and ambition. Joyce says she hasn't been able to move forward and use her master's degree after 12 years of schooling to earn it. And Felina replied that depression has taken away her ability to enjoy life, to see her grown sons, and to participate in activities that she usually enjoys. And that is why we named today's episode, Depression is a Thief. Today's guest not only lost something to depression recently, but the timing of the loss was ironic, to say the least. Here now is Gina Capobianco, giving her voice to depression. Gina is a mental health advocate and author. After publishing four books of poetry, written as a form of therapy for her depression and anxiety, she decided to try something different and wrote a memoir about her mental health journey. Its launch was a few weeks ago. She had events and book signings scheduled. She worked hard for that day. And then the very beast she'd written about barged in and took that away from her, too. Is this a lot for you right now? I'll be okay, I think. Okay. And we can stop and start again in half an hour. We can stop and start again in five minutes. We can do whatever you want. Okay. Sounds good. And with that, we began what we think is a really unique conversation. You see, in the six years we've been recording stories about people's mental health journeys, the vast majority of them were looking back on their depression when we talked. Not necessarily far back, but back. 
Of course, some of the guests live with depression symptoms chronically. But the people who are in it, in an episode or about, as some call it, well, they don't tend to be reaching out to us. And if they had been scheduled to talk, understandably, they usually cancel or just don't show. But Gina was in it, and she wanted to record this from the pit. She'll tell us why. By the way, the TMS that Gina is about to mention is transcranial magnetic stimulation. We'll link to a Mayo Clinic explanation of the treatment. Why don't we start by you just telling me what's going on right now? Um, well, um, I had been doing better for a while. Um, I had had TMS treatment. And I was doing a lot better, and then the depression came back. It, you know, I usually refer to the depression as like a darkness um, that just blankets me, and like this this heavy darkness. And I just started feeling that, and it's come on really strong. Um, I reached a point where I was just. I was struggling at work and I just kept trying, trying to get through the day and I, it, it wasn't getting better. The, the thoughts in my head, like I get all these thoughts, um, and those started intensifying and they reached the point where I was actually, you know, the thoughts were telling me I wanted to die and I couldn't get those to stop and I realized, I couldn't be at work like that anymore. Gina is blessed to have a trusted care team, including a psychiatrist, psychologist, and a psychiatric nurse practitioner. Before scheduling this recording, she reached out to them to make sure it would be okay for her to do. They obviously said yes. They also recently said she needed to go on sick leave. And they all agreed that I I needed time, like away from work, time... Time to focus on getting better again. And we, I had already started the TMS, a new round of it. And it just, for some reason, this time it wasn't working. Um, and the thoughts just kept getting darker and darker to the point where, you know, right now it's a real struggle. Um, I feel like I can't lift the darkness, you know. And it's where I used to have some times of light. Right now, it's hard to see that light. So I've just, like, I've been trying to to rest, to do little things, to keep myself distracted. Because sometimes, if I can distract myself enough, it slows the thoughts down. Um... I'm going to try a new treatment that they're hoping will um, will help make the thought stop and get me back to where I can reframe those thoughts and get get back to feeling better. But it's you know it's a it's a process. Yeah. So you're talking to me now, which I just find amazing, and I reached out to you knowing you were in it. Very few people who were out in the world functioning, going to their job and everything, and then were unable because it reared its ugly head, have said, in the middle of it, I'll talk to you. 
why why are you willing to do this and and what's the um you know like the message from down there i think i think the willing my willingness comes from i've done a lot of work over the last few years to advocate for mental health most of that's been when i'm in a better state i've only spoken once when i wasn't in a good state and even then I was better than I am now but I I asked my psychiatrist whether I should do this or not and she said that, you know first I had to see where I was at and if I was okay with it and that if I was okay that it was good for people to hear what it's like in the moment because there's such a lack of awareness out there about mental health and depression. That lack of public awareness and understanding fuels stigma and makes the choice to get needed support even more difficult and complicated. And, you know, one of the, the hardest things I've been through lately is being afraid of people at work finding out and, like, being afraid of my boss finding out that this is mental health. I even... I was so afraid of it. I didn't have my psychiatrist or psychologist do the paperwork to take me out of work. I went to my primary care because I didn't want the stigma. And so my hope is that by by talking when I'm in this state, more people will recognize that this is an illness and that it's 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 legitimate. It's not it's not something I can control. I, I hate when I hear people tell me, oh, just smile, you'll feel better, or cheer up. And it's like, if I could do that, I would. Gina has had 35 years to repeatedly learn that lesson. Her depression has been weighing on her since she was 14 years old. Are the thoughts your worst symptom? They're the hardest to deal with, yeah. They they get scary, and most of the time, like, I'm, I feel like I'm not going to act on them. And I know I have my psychologist that I can call, but one day last week, they started venturing into the planning, and that gets scary. And as much as I know I have my team, I also know that they can't magically make the thoughts disappear. I'm still going to have to struggle with them and they can help relieve them. Um, you know, they can get me lined up for treatment, but it's still going to take time. So I think, yeah, the thoughts are probably the hardest part to deal with. It's like, you know, I also, you know, I get really, I lack motivation and all of that, but that I can kind of, I can deal with. Um, sometimes I get angry really quick and even that I can deal with it's the thoughts you know telling me just constantly sending me negative messages they'll turn like something an innocent comment into something like I'm the worst person in the world I have no right to ask for help you know it's it's hard to keep hearing that When we say the thoughts, you probably know just what we mean, though you may not know how common the symptom is, or that the thoughts running through your head incessantly 
are probably very similar to the ones Gina is plagued with. Gina, and pretty much everyone else with depression. You're worthless. You're always going to feel like you do now. What's the point? You're a burden. The world would be better off without you. It's shocking, isn't it, that we can just rattle them off like that? But the more people we talk to about depression's thoughts and suicidal ideations, the more we find how much we all have in common. And there can be great comfort in that, recognizing that those damning thoughts are symptoms, not truths. Gina calls those thoughts the soundtrack of her depression. She wrote a poem about it that includes, quote, Depression hurts. It is a silent pain, often hidden from others. A smile on the outside masks the torment within my mind. Words spin in my head. Thoughts that will never stop create a barrage that drags me down. No one hears these thoughts. Others cannot comprehend the pain caused by these nagging words. Another short excerpt from that poem called Depression is The depression gathers steam. I worry others will notice and think I'm weak. Despite knowing the depression is real, I fear others will belittle my affliction. Society does not recognize the reality of depression. People tell me to cheer up. They do not understand that I would if I could. There is no on and off switch. Often, though, there is the need to flip the switch on our plans off, bringing us back to the theme of today's episode. Depression is a thief. What 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 was going on in your head when you realized this book launch is coming and I can't do it? Like all my work was for nothing and I'm not going to be able to publicize it and people aren't going to hear the message. Like um like I had to cancel some events. I've had to say no to a couple others cuz I was asked to do a couple things and my friend is kind of taking over my social media for me. Um, doing So we did get some publicity. and um, But it was just the thoughts that I put all this effort into this book to tell my story. And here goes my depression again interfering and it's not going to let me tell that story. Yeah. It makes it more real in a way, though, too, doesn't it? Or is it just plain old all bad? Because from the outside, when I read that you were launching your book and then I read that you weren't, I was like, oh, that makes the book so much more real to me. Because she gets, she does get it. You know, it's not, so I had depression. And I don't. How cool is that? You know, because that's a, a nice message for some people who have that experience. But then there's all the rest of us. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I'm hoping you can just delay your launch, and and it may in fact be more impactful because you can say you're not even going to believe this. <laughs> I'm supposed to do this, you know, in early December and couldn't. Yeah, I went ahead and let it be released, but like we canceled all the events and like the bookstore that I was going to be at, they're still that they're going to reschedule with me. They said when I feel better, they'll do it. So hopefully in the spring. You know, I'll, I'll be better and we can do more with it. I noticed that when you write that one of your key messages is that healing is possible. And I really appreciate the use of that word versus recovery, which seems to suggest 
the absence of the possibility of it in the future. So talk to me a little bit about the difference between those two words for you, healing being possible versus recovery being possible. Um, I think what it comes down to is depression is a lifelong illness. It's, it's always going to be there, whether it's fully rearing its ugly head or it's just kind of, kind of there. Um, and healing is when the light comes in, when you, when you can see kind of through that depression a little bit and feel better and you're not in the depths of it, but you're aware that it could come back and that it more than likely will. Like even with treatments like TMS, you like, I know I'm going to get maybe five, six months before it starts to come back again. And then I have I have to be cognizant of it and watching so that I go back before it gets too bad. Um, and it's, I don't know, I, I kind of liken it to something like diabetes where you have to watch your blood sugar. You, you have to get those blood tests. You have to be aware of what your levels are. And it's the same thing with depression. You have to monitor when you can monitor where where your depression is at so that it you head off before it gets to the really bad points. Gina defines healing as doing what you need to do to take care of yourself, which she says may include medications, therapy, and groups. Healing is a journey, whereas recovery is a destination, and I don't think there's a a destination with depression I think it's it's a journey and it's a lifetime journey with times where it's better and times where it's really intense and just you know take that journey and you know look for the light in the journey and at times I've got to rely on other people for that hope like I, I rely on my mental health team there telling me I'm going to get better. And even though it's hard for me to believe that message, I've got to cling to their hope because I don't have it for myself. I got to let them take care of me. Um, and it's just part of the journey. And thinking about what you're doing right now, I have goosebumps on my arms because you are in darkness doing your best to offer light and hope to other people. And I don't even really understand. I mean, I have tears in my eyes saying that. I don't even really understand how you're doing those two things at the same time. It's hard. It's, I just, I don't know, in conversations with all three of the people on my team, I've just, you know, learned that I have to give back. They've given me so much. And... If my depression has a purpose, it makes it a little less, a little less painful. Like if, if just one person listening reaches out for help because they heard something I said and identified with it, you know, then maybe it's had a purpose and it's not as dismal as it seems. 
I just wanted to make a note that we have heard from Gina since the interview, and she told us that the new treatment, which is ketamine, is apparently working, and she is feeling better. She said starting to feel better, and she is scheduled to go back to work the day, actually, that this episode posts. Well, Terry, one of the things that really, really stood out for me listening to Gina, and one of the points that I think she's also making, is that depression is more than the presence of of sadness or feeling sad. And, you know, I liked the title that depression is a thief because depression is the absence of so many things that I then think we start feeling sad that we've lost. You know, that ability to feel like ourselves and to feel like we can connect and want to connect with other people. Um, Just the ability to feel like we can experience the world, you know, the way that we used to be able to. And it's like having this time out in, you know, the Sylvia Plath bell jar, except we didn't do anything to deserve it, but we're stuck and we're behind that glass and we just can't feel all the things and participate in all the things that we used to. So it's, it's so much more than sadness. It's the loss of so much. And when you say not experience the world the way we used to, there's also that element of not believing we have a place in that world, that not believing we have gifts and Mm -hmm. and value to bring to the world. And that is a really hard lie when you believe it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that feeling of unworthiness that just permeates everything. Mm -hmm. I just think it was so helpful for Gina to do what she did here because, you know, she's just being herself. She's being human. She's depressed. Um, It's real. It sucks, you know. We hope and believe it's going to get better, but um, at the time of your interview with her, she just was where she was. She was. And and I think that that is important for people to know if they're experiencing that or if they have, that, that is a, that's a part of some human's experience. It is exactly what that's like. She's not hiding anything. She's not masking it. She's, she's just being herself with depression. Mm-hmm. And it, it was just amazing because <laughs> I can tell you when I'm in it, the last thing I want to do is connect or communicate. Certainly wouldn't want to do conversation or interview. And I don't know that I'd want to put out, you know, like, this is what I sound and feel like when Mm -hmm. I'm in it. So, oh, so grateful that she was willing to and that her care team, you know, felt that it was appropriate and and would be helpful Mm -hmm. to a listener. Yes. Um, She did send me her book. I'm holding it up, which is kind of ridiculous given that this is audio, but it is called Traveling the Healing Journey, Finding the Light in Mental Illness. And one of the poems near the end of it, I'm going to read here, is called Beacon in the Darkness. And this reminds me not only of Gina, but of every guest we've ever had. She said, too many of us are silenced by mental illness. The time has come to raise our voices, share, advocate, and fight back. I have a voice I must use. And then it ends with, my words can make a difference. Joined with others, we can be a force. Those of us with mental illness deserve to be heard. We have stories worth sharing. So I will use my voice. Be a beacon in the darkness. God, I love that. And that's what everybody on this podcast is. Yes. Right? They're beacons in the darkness. Because if you're listening, you just think, oh, even in it, you come out. Even the worst of the worst. And, you know, we've talked to a lot of attempt survivors. And they're in a place Mm -hmm. that's different. You know, that's significantly better than where they were. We don't want to say like all better now, but, you know, really different living lives worth living. I just mm-hmm. it, it, it fills my heart. And if you're stuck 
at the moment, just knowing that you're not alone, that other mm-hmm. people have felt this way, are feeling that way right at that moment, mm-hmm. I think can help bring you back into a feeling of, I do still belong. I am part of a community. I'm not the only one. Yeah, not a community any one of us would like willingly join. No. But yes, there is still some comfort <laughs> in it. And that's the whole point here. Yes. So thank you to Gina and to every other guest. This is our 351st episode, I think, even though it's number 200 something because I'm really bad with math and didn't didn't remember to number a bunch of them. But it is uh, an honor to hear and share these stories. Mm-hmm. So thank you to every guest we've had. Absolutely. Thank you. We truly hope that our podcast brings a little more understanding helps you better articulate and reflect on your own experience with depression or better understand how to support someone else who is struggling. If this episode has been of comfort or value to you, know that there are hundreds of others like it in our archive, which you can easily find at our website, givingvoicetodepression.com. And remember, if you're struggling, speak up, even if it's hard. If someone else is struggling, take the time to listen 